Hey everyone, this is the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. My name is Ben Wilson and I'm one of the hosts of this show. This week we talk about the pressures that many homeschool moms feel, which is the need to hurry their kids to learn faster and earlier. It's an awesome discussion. We hope you enjoy it. Before we begin, I also want to thank Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring this week's podcast. They make math fun. You can check out the website, teachingtextbooks.com. Check out free trial. So let's get started. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, it's a little late for me. It's like 9.30 as we're recording this in the evening, and I, I'm more of a like an earlier person. So uh, we'll see how this goes. I know Ben's okay. He'll do okay, even though he has to get up earlier than I do uh, to get to work. Um, but uh, it's been a good week here in northern Indiana. Uh, we've been home from sunny Florida for just over a week, and it stinks, <laughs> you know. It is. We've already had our... We, it's already snowed once, uh, but uh, we're not calling that our first official snow uh, because Ben knows we celebrate our first official snow uh, by going to Long John Silver's. And I don't know, is that a fond memory for you, Ben, or not? I mean, I like what it stands for. It's probably my least favorite in terms of food of the year. I just do not like Long John's, but... Uh, in terms of, you know, the first snow and that tradition, it's fun, but I'm never like, Oh, I can't wait to go to long John's tonight. <laughs> it's kind of like, Oh yeah, we're going to long John. So, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, traditions, you can't just start a tradition. I guess you can, but sometimes traditions start themselves. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge long John Silver's fan, but, uh, my grandpa, I can remember when I was a kid. He, I think he discovered Long John Silver's, and he loved it. And so we would go, and I had kind of a good feeling to that, with that. And I remember the way we started our tradition is that we were in Goshen, Indiana, and we had planned to go to Long John Silver's, and it started to snow. And it was this beautiful, white, fluffy, drifting, you know, softly falling snow in the in the darkness, and. And so tradition got born. I don't know how. Yeah, it just um, feels like you could just into... about like scrape the grease off of everything and just feel so <laughs> just coated. And, I know. And the hush puppies are unique though, so that's fun. So, yeah. Yeah. But you know, I don't know, moms, uh, if you're into traditions, and I know my wife's like, oh, please, we don't have to have another tradition. Um, but there is something wonderful about traditions. They don't even have to be a big deal. Um, sometimes, you know, on our first snow, we'll get like the kids will get new pajama pants or they'll get, you know, some little candy canes or we'll watch a, a snowy movie. Um, but but, you know, the thing I like about celebrating family is just an opportunity to say this is what's important. And here's what I want. I want for my kids and for Ben and, you know, as they celebrate those things that, you know, long after I'm gone. When that first snow f- comes, they'll think of me and they'll think of us and they'll think of what I stand for and what's important to me and and how God said, though our sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. That's why we do those things. Now, if you live down south, you can't have first snow. You can have first hurricane, you know, or first <laughs> whatever you do. Uh, it doesn't matter, but you should celebrate those things. First and, you know. Go ahead, Ben. What? No, I just said first day under 100 or something like that. First day under 100. That's right. Um, you know, and and that first snow also brings in the Christmas stress. Because I don't know about everybody listening, but I can already start to feel it in the air. Um, I'm not a stressed person, and I don't really feel it. 
but my wife feels it. She's already in high gear, like, oh, we got to do this. We got to get this. And I got to she's looking for gifts. And um, and maybe that would be a good, um, uh, you know, to put in the comments section below how you I, I don't want to say avoid stress, but how you limit stress. Maybe one of those stress limiters limiters is don't celebrate first snows or don't celebrate all those traditions or maybe get rid of a tradition. I don't know. And I don't know. Uh, maybe you're still young enough, Ben, or Riss is still young enough that she doesn't feel the stress of Christmas. Does, does she feel that or not? I don't think she feels it as much because she's pretty like just like, oh, yeah, whatever I do, that's fine. You know, but I feel it like I just <laughs> all the, the holidays have gotten a lot more for not for me, not so much for other people, but more for just Rissa because I just feel like I have to do something fun. Not that even she puts that pressure on me, but I just feel like I need to. And then I'm like freaking out the whole time that has to, and I'm not like, I'm like mom where every gift has to be like incredibly <laughs> memorable and like super like sentimental or thought through. And Rissa just like can be, she's just, you know, if she, whatever she gets you, it's like, it's the gift, you know? So that's the point. Right. Of it. Whereas I'm like, it's gotta be something they've always wanted, but never thought they wanted, you know, or, <laughs> right. and it just and a drives total me surprise. nuts. Yeah. So yeah, it stresses me out, but you the know, I, I love the idea of Christmas. <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far no, from the unfortunately tree. Unfortunately in that area. That's right. And then this Thursday is my birthday. So, uh, I will now be an official senior citizen which I know Ben's already heard me talk about it, but it is a little depressing yeah. when you cross that 55 mark and we're driving home from Florida and you see all the housing that now is available to you, 55 plus living. And they say it like it's a good thing, you know? So yeah. anyway. Well, and one other big thing this my homeschooler had that we were pretty excited about, I don't know if dad oh, was yeah. going to mention this or not, but it, you probably saw it on our Facebook page since you follow us most likely. Um, but John Christ, who's a big homeschool Christian, actually he's not homeschool, he was homeschool, but he's just a Christian comedian, kind of makes fun of everything, and it's hilarious. he's hilarious. Uh, but we did a top Halloween, or uh, Smiling Homeschooler Halloween costumes, which obviously the whole thing was a joke, but... Um, Somehow he found it. He did a Instagram story of it, which we were super excited about. He did a four or five minute video just talking about some of them and you know, kind of uh, making fun of it. And it was super cool. We were we were really encouraged by it. And hopefully you saw it. And it's just kind of neat to see that someone is listening. You know, other than we appreciate everyone who you know shares and likes and tags people in our stuff because that just you know is awesome and. Uh, just hopefully encourages others as well. So, uh, and we're here. He said one of the first things he said was a smiling homeschooler. Isn't that an oxymoron? Which it really is, and that's the purpose of kind of the smiling homeschooler is that there aren't enough people doing it smiling. That is. So uh, I thought it was just interesting that you know jumped to his mind, and you know hopefully we're fighting that and are helping because uh, it's unfortunate that people think that, but. I get why. But anyways, just thought I'd mention that. Hey, before we go on to our topic, I just saw this in the in the uh, homeschool news. That It says, uh, this is in Parkersburg. I think it's in Pennsylvania. Uh, it says, the headline is, Wood County Schools looks to bring back homeschool students. And it says, this, the Wood County Schools administrators are hoping a new virtual school program will help bring some of the more than 800 homeschool students back to the public school system. Um, and then it goes on uh, and he says, uh, uh, we've doubled the number of homeschool students in the past four to five years, said attendance director Chris Rutherford. We used to have an average of 350 homeschool students each year. Now it's up in the 800s. And here's why I'm bringing it up, because I'm just telling you that the schools, 
even from these comments, they're after you. They're, they're trying to suck you back into the system. And one of the ways they're doing that, you know, it didn't work when they say, oh, homeschooling stinks and we're better because everybody knows homeschooling works and they stink. Um, but this virtual school is they're offering the program. They're offering it free of charge and then they're using it as a lure to pull you back in. So, uh, you know, and I know it's not just in Parkersburg, wherever that is in Pennsylvania, but it's all over the country. So, hey, I'm not telling you not to use the virtual schools that are offered to you free, but I'm saying they have an agenda. Their agenda is to pull you back in. Um, they're hoping that you'll just get tired of fighting and then it'll be an easy transition back in. So if you if you want if you're committed to homeschooling and you don't want your kids in school, I would not even mess around with the virtual schools because, uh, you know, sooner or later, the little fish grabs the hook. So stay away from the hook. So enough of that. Well, hey, Ben, I thought uh, today uh, we'd talk about something that I've noticed uh, as we've traveled around the country. And I, I'm sure you've noticed as well. Um, we even uh, kind of alluded to it a little bit last week. Um, and that's that uh, that homeschooling, there's a lot of pressure for our kids to grow up faster, not to just grow up faster, but almost like there's a race to see how far ahead we can get. Um, and I'm going to guess, Ben, you know, as a as a kid, you never felt that in your in ours at home because we I don't think we ever did it, honestly. But I'm seeing it a lot more. I'm seeing these, you know, these kids who are uh, they're starting school really early. They're taking algebra and they're only in the fourth grade. They're taking trigonometry or they're taking calculus. They're only in the eighth grade. They're starting to graduate when they're, uh, you know, 15, 16 years old. They're taking dual enrollment as a, you know, a sophomore in high school. And I, I think, what is the, what is our hurry? Um, so, uh, you know, again, in the comment section, uh, you know, we'd love to have you kind of be involved in this conversation, but, uh, how about we just start with the, uh, the, the, the question, when should we start homeschooling? Uh, and Ben, you know, Renly's what, all, two and a half years old. Uh, I don't know if you and Rissa have talked about like when you'll officially start homeschooling. Cause you've already said you'd like to homeschool. Have you had those conversations? Not really. Cause I mean, it's years out at this point. So, I mean, we're just not really worrying about it, but I mean, I have, we have a lot of other friends who have kids are uh, kids age and they're definitely thinking about it or a year older, you know, or something like that. And they're like, well, should we be starting or I'm starting to do this. And I mean, Renly is super smart. She's learning stuff all the time, you know. I mean, just from, like, literally, I mean, I could just be talking about something to you probably, and she'd learn it. I mean, she just learned so quick. But it's just not something where I feel any reason that she needs to, at, you know, two and a half, already even think about that for a few more years probably. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, in a couple of years, maybe Renly or Rissa will just do some stuff for fun kind of with her because she does, like, you know, doing things and memorizing stuff like she's doing her Awana verses or whatever. But I mean, we don't have any kind of like set thing, you know, but I would guess probably somewhere around somewhat normal, but only just because she probably will enjoy it. Uh, but it won't be. Right. And when we do, it would not be anything like the part that's always just blows my mind is how much effort and stress people are putting into something that's so a kid that's so young. It's like, I mean, it is not uncommon 
uh, for a kid, you know, to have a four or five year old and they're literally freaking out that they're not, you know, starting to do all these things. And it's just, it's really amazing, honestly, because it's just like, they honestly, I think people think like they're going to be behind or something. Like, I think, especially first time parents, I think that you're worried that your kid's always either behind or you think your kid's way ahead, which is also true sometimes, but I think behind. So you overcompensate. And I think the same for maybe homeschoolers is they feel like because I'm not doing the normal, people are going to um, criticize and look at me really, uh, you know, harshly. So I've got to overcompensate and be like insane about how much I do. And I just think that's also the wrong approach because I just don't, I think it'll make your kids resent, you know, potentially you and just, more against the whole thing from an early age if they just feel like you know you're just they can't play they can't do anything else which i think is so much more beneficial but especially at this well stage. and i think i i don't remember this ever being an issue you know back in the back in the day you know i mean but even the commercials on television you know pbs it's all about getting your kids to be you know baby einsteins and you're you're trying to get them smarter faster uh and <laughs> it would be fine you know if we could do all those things and we could start real early and it was just fun from now until we died. But what I'm finding out is that parents are coming up to us and Debbie and I, uh, she'll come up to me and t tell me all the time, Oh my, I was just talking to this mom and she was so, she came to me and with tears rolling down her cheeks and she said, I'm just so burnt out, you know, I don't know what to do, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're doing homeschooling and we're doing it for this many hours a day. And, and, uh, and Debbie will always ask a question. I ask a question. Well, how many children do you have? What are their ages? She'll say, I only have two. And they're, you know, like 18 months and two and a half years old. And we're like, why have you started? <laughs> you know, we have been duped into thinking we have to start really early or we're going to doom our kids or we need to give them a head start. And it's not true. You know, so here's the answer to when should kids start school? As homeschoolers, they should start whenever you want them to start. You know, I know you have compulsory age. Um, and I was just looking, you know, there are different things for different states. Different countries have different uh, um, uh, starting ages, compulsory ages. I thought I thought it was interesting that Finland and Sweden and Norway, they all have like really late. They start at seven and eight years old in school. I heard that they don't even start reading until 10. Now, I'm not going to confirm that, but I'm but I've heard that. And they have the highest reading comprehension, uh, I think, in the world. Um, but I just think it's so interesting. Um, but we've been kind of duped into thinking that we got to start real early, as though that we have to get a head start on this race to get through. And, you know, because the, the truth is, homeschooling, you start when they're born. And just like Ben was talking about Renly, you know, you've already been homeschooling, because uh, that's what homeschooling is. It is just a continuation of teaching our children at home. Um, and But there's no hurry to start the book part, you know? So I'm telling you, I don't mean to be harsh, but if you're a homeschooler and your oldest kid is like three or four, you should stop. You should stop. You should stop doing the school part. Keep homeschooling because you're doing that all the time. But you don't need to be doing any school books. You don't, who cares if your kids know their colors? They're gonna be fine. No, if they don't know their colors by six, you could probably be fourteen and not know your colors. And, pick that and still stuff turn up out okay. So easily. I mean, that's the kind of thing that, like, like literally those kind of things. The grand scheme of things takes them 
you know, a couple months in their whole life to learn, you know, so stressing out like, oh my gosh, they're a couple months delayed on something doesn't matter. And also I feel like a lot of that's who you're around. You know, if you're around or if you're watching vlogs or, um, you know, reading things or whatever, where people are saying things like that and it's just stressing you out, I would really say like, stop watching that or stop listening to that kind of stuff because it can just really get at you. Even as like when I was a teen or younger, you know, certain friends would be all, you know, their parents and everything would be so, that was all that mattered to them. And they'd be way, you know, they'd be doing this stuff super, super early. And that is when you can feel like, oh man, I'm, I'm not as smart as they are, you know, but as soon as you weren't around someone like that, who's just, you know, unrealistic to just in life in general, that just goes away because in reality it's not true but you know if you surround yourself with people who are putting that kind of pressure on you then you're going to feel that kind of pressure all the time but and especially with the social media and internet and stuff like that that's why i think it's really important to guard yourself especially carefully uh to prevent that kind of influence that's just in fact you know, i would only nuts. limit your social media to the smiling yeah, homeschooler and probably nothing else i'd get rid of all of the other stuff um, because it shouldn't make you feel like you're competing with anybody else because you're not competing. All right, I'm going to take a quick minute to thank our sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. Teaching Textbooks is one of the best math curriculums available, and our family has used it for many, many years, and we love it. They have a new version of the curriculum that's better than ever, and you can access it from any device that has a browser, including smartphones, tablets, Windows, Macs, and Chromebooks. Every math problem is explained and demonstrated in an easy-to-understand way that takes the stress and the responsibility away from you. Teaching Textbooks stores your child's grades so you can easily ensure that they're learning and you can check in on their progress. Teaching Textbooks makes math fun. You can visit the website, teachingtextbooks.com, check out a free trial, or view a sample lesson. Thank you to Teaching Textbooks for all their support. As we look at the starting age, you know, you can start whenever you want to start, but don't start too early. In fact, I, I mentioned it one other time, I don't know how long ago, but I can remember listening on the radio one time to this lady who was talking about, um, she was secular, she was not a Christian, she was just talking about um, when to start kids in formal academics. And I thought, as I'm listening to her, I thought, she's going to tell them they have to start really young. But that's not what she said. She got to a certain point and she said, I think they should delay that formal academics, that our kids shouldn't be in preschool, they should be playing, that our kids shouldn't be in kindergarten, she said, they should be playing, because she said it's better to play with open-endedness than to, you know, learn to color in the circles. Um, so that was her. Um, but I know there's a lot of pressure. And there's pressure not just on when to start, but, you know, on all the other curriculum, all the other subjects, when our kids should be reading. You know, I don't know, Ben, uh, I don't know if you are about as voracious of reader as they, there could be, right? I mean, probably. I mean, I'm sure there's people who read more, but yeah, I'd like to but think I'm pretty not been, many. Uh, But Ben, you weren't an early reader. You weren't a super yeah, early reader. Yeah, I don't remember reader. exactly. I mean, I remember it was probably when I started reading a lot, probably like nine or 10 or something like that. I don't know, maybe a little and bit older. And I can remember your much. mom thinking, You're, this is never going to click. You know, I can remember her just going through, because we did Sing, Spell, Read, and Write with you, and it was like, ah, ah, apple, bu, bu, yeah, ball, cat, cat, yeah. cat. You know, you can yeah. probably sing the song now. Yeah, the first few, probably. <laughs> but I still remember a rust bug but, and all that kind of stuff, or whatever it was. That's right, the rust rug. And we'd go through those 
things. And, you know, and she I can just remember not being in tears, but thinking he's never going to get this. And then one day it clicked. But some of our kids read really early. Catherine read early. Um, she got it really easy. Some of our kids, you know, even our older kid or our youngest kids now, you know, they're 11, 13. They're still not reading really, really, really well. Um, and that's okay. Um, again, it's not a race to see how quick we can get our kids to be reading. Because it, here's what the whole thing feels like. It feels like we're in this race to see if we can finish up school quicker than everybody else. You know? Yeah. I, I just feel like there's this natural thing that just makes sense. And I feel like if you're really that relationship is prioritized and you've, you know, you have that connection that's really strong. I feel like a lot of those things will just kind of naturally start um, clicking in when it's supposed to happen. You know, like Renly, I wouldn't be shocked if she wasn't nine, you know, or it was a more pretty young. I think she'll be probably more like right. Kat because she loves books. She loves reading with us. I can totally, you know, she'll pretend she's reading. Like I think, for her, it will probably be quicker than who knows, like maybe Hudson won't be as much. But I think that'll just kind of naturally happen if you're, um, you know, you're paying attention. And I think there's times where you'll just be able to work it in very easily, um, but not feeling um, the stress. But yeah, the light bulb moments, as uh, Abby said, there were definitely many of those in our family. And I'm sure mom still has them. And it is just like it clicks. And that's like the greatest thing. You're like, I get it, you know, and I can remember when that happened, you know, which might right. say how old I was, I guess. I don't know. But uh, and it is, you know, and from then on, it just it doesn't it's not really a big deal, you know. And I mean, if you're reading to your kids, too, I think that also is super important. I think that's really helpful. But moms, but. you have to make it a not a big deal, because I know, again, there's something in your heart or in your head that, that you succumb to the pressure. You know, again, I'm, I would never say take your clue from public school. But if they're not teaching algebra in the third grade, you don't need to either. You know, if they're not teaching algebra in the fourth grade or the fifth grade or the sixth grade, you don't need to be either. I don't know why you put yourself under undue pressure to be ahead of the public school. And I know some people would say, well, you know, we want to do everything to the glory of God. Well, yeah, that has nothing to do with that. You know, so don't don't use that one. Um, and it puts undue pressure on your kids. In fact, even as you get as your kids get older, um, you know, I don't know. I don't remember this being a huge deal back when we first started homeschooling. But there's a huge deal now to finish up school quicker. You know, like the there's the dual enrollment in colleges. I mean, we're talking I, I we're talking to to people who are ki whose kids are 15 and 16 years old who are dual enrolled in a community college. Now, they don't do it full time, but they're going more than one day a week. And I'm telling you, uh, you know, your kids might be capable because, hey, you got smart kids. I know that. But I'm just carefully and kindly warning you that I do not think our kids are, are, are mature enough to be in those settings with older kids you know because some of those kids aren't older kids we're putting 15 year olds sitting in them right next in this seat right next to a 28 year old guy you know who is not he may not be a predator but he may not be a good influence either you know and it's i, I think we're putting our kids in some dangerous situations when we we do some of that and i also think obviously like i think the one reason you can 
be ahead if you want to say it that way, which I mean, ahead of what really, but is, you know, we talk about like playing your kids strengths, you know? So if I'm really into reading, I'm not going to be like, my parents were like, Oh, well you're only allowed to read books that are the fifth grade. Like that whole thing, like my child reads at the fifth grade level. Okay. I mean, that's great. But if they can read and they're able to just get through whatever books they enjoy, then I wouldn't really, I never really ever thought of that one time in my life growing up. But so, you know, that is something where if your kid loves math and just like gets so bored with only doing multiplication and they're, you know, 12 and it's just like, man, this is so boring. Then, yeah, maybe it is something where you let them, you know, do something they really enjoy. But it's if it becomes then uh, you have to do it because, you know, we got to be ahead or we got to, you know, you're failing because of this. That's where I think it becomes an issue. Not if you're playing to a strength, but if you're just forcing it on a weakness, you know, or whatever, if that makes sense. And I think that's where oh, it I think becomes it really bad. But I don't think it's necessarily inherently wrong because I I think one of the drawbacks of public school is that, you know, kids get bored because they always have to stay at like, I mean, I was just talking to one of my coworkers who was public school and he was talking about he's like, well, you know, he's like, it was so annoying because if you know any, if you're like smart, then it's extremely boring. And the smart kids are all the ones that are the hardest, worst kids because they're all bored all the time. So I think every kid is smart, but I think if your kid is, you know that's one of the benefits of homeschooling is you can kind of move around and just tailor to what their strengths are. Uh, but again, don't be put, I especially also think for a kid, there's not really a ton of benefit in like labeling everything like, well, you're at this, you know, doing it at this grade level, you're doing it at this grade level. Cause I just feel like other than like a good pat on the back, it, it doesn't really matter too much, you know, and, and getting all that. And just, I never worried about that. And, you know, it always kind of just felt kind of pointless to me other than just kind of, make you feel good. You know what I mean? Well, I think too, that, you know, some of that is like, you may be able to handle the math, but maybe you don't, maybe you don't do more math because very few of our kids are going to be mathematicians. You know, maybe we give them the freedom to advance in other areas. You know, maybe it's in going places or doing things or building things. Um, and not, not thinking that we have to fill up their time with just going farther ahead in a subject. Um, you know, because, uh, even though Ben liked to read, you know, it wasn't like we, we decided we were going to make the, the words harder or make the books longer. It was just, it led him there. Um, and sometimes I think we think, you know, to keep our kids from being bored, we have to, we have to give them tougher math lessons. I don't think that's the answer. Mm. You know, I think that we can let them do other things that are stimulating, whether that's building or doing finances or investing or whatever, um, but I'm not sure. Uh, as Debbie will say, she'll say, you know, what's the hurry? Are they just trying to get into college by the time they're 15? And of course, the answer is no. We wouldn't even really want our kids in college. by Why? So they can graduate and start a family when they're 18, you know, or 16, 17? You know, that's not uh, the goal. And again, you know, it, it, that's fine. If you like doing that and your kids are happy. But if you're just feeling the pressure, I'm going to ask you moms, you know, to examine your own motives and then maybe you can just back off and say, it's okay if my kid just gets to high school and or my seventh grader only gets to the math that he's supposed to be in in seventh grade. Or it's okay if my kid graduates from high school when he's supposed to and not two years early. It is not a race and it is not a badge of honor to say that we have done it, which I feel like some of us are doing that. Um, so all that to say, you know, slow down, you move too fast. Um, and 
you know, you can relax and enjoy this. In fact, if your kids are ahead, maybe you slow down anyway, just to enjoy the best parts of homeschooling, the home part. Um, so Ben, I think I've hit my wall here. I feel my, like I'm running down here. So I'm going to say good night, everybody. If Ben wants to keep talking, he can. Uh, he's going to close this out with a Simon and Garfunkel song. Uh, that is that oh, I was thinking about that. Slow down, you move too fast. My dad used to sing that all the time. I don't know. He only knew the one chorus, so that's all I know. Um, so thanks for listening to us. I hope you're enjoying these fall days, or at least maybe the under 100 days. Uh, if you got a first snow coming up, uh, maybe plan for that. Uh, or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's just a day where you say, hey, we're not going to worry about the schedule today. We're just going to do something fun. In fact, tomorrow, I think, is is it President? No, not President's Day. What's tomorrow? It's a, a holiday. Uh, is it Reformation or something? I don't know. I don't know. The post office is not going. I have to look it up. Voting day? <laughs> I don't know. I know it's uh-huh. on the local elections. I don't know. Oh, maybe it's election day. That's it. It's election day. Yeah. Which election day would be a perfect day not to have school. You know, you could just kind of chill and do something fun. Um, but you won't even hear this podcast, I guess, if you're listening to this podcast until after election day. Pick another day. Well, I'm done. Thanks for listening, Mom. I hope uh, whatever you're doing, it should be making you smile. You know, if you're not smiling, then rethink what you're doing. You know, if your kids aren't smiling, rethink what you're doing so that you can smile. Because even though John Chris may say it's an oxymoron moron that smiling and homeschoolers, that's the way it was made to be. We should be smiling because homeschooling is the best thing ever because home is. So have a great weekend, have a great week, uh, and don't forget to smile. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. Hopefully it was encouraging and helped take some of the pressure you may feel off your shoulders and help you better enjoy the time you have with your kids. We also want to thank Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. They make math fun. You can check out a free trial over at their website, teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling. Love you, all is crude.